This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Ooh, welcome back, sports fans, to another episode of the Charity Stripe Podcast, brought to you by the Believe Podcast Network, the number one sports podcast network in Los Angeles. For those listening at home, on the road, in the air, or in the water, do you believe? We have a great show for you guys today. We have NFL reporter Benjamin Albright joining the boys, so buckle up, tuck it into your waistband, because here we go. Three, two, one. We're back. We sitting here, I'm supposed to be the franchise player, and we in here talking about practice. Clock at five. Pass is intercepted at the goal line by Malcolm Butler. Rebound box. Back out to Allen. History bottle. Back. Gives it to Jenkins for the championship. He's going for the corner. He's got it. Bases loaded. Two out. It's the Charity Stripe, pitch free throws, because they're for three. So 282 coming on at you guys, and so 281. I'm joined on this one by Alex Tosmirak-Tosopoulos and our guest, Benjamin Albright, and we're talking NFL football because the wait is finally over. We're in the full swing of things. The NFL is ramped up and raving and ready to go. We've had a couple missteps with the COVID, but it's okay. Goodell has pushed us through, and the ship is sailing. And we want to make our bets, and we want to win money on the NFL in week six. And what better place to do it than betonline.frickin.ag, baby. Betonline.ag. It's got prop bets. It's got over-unders. It's got scores. It's got player props. It's got everything you need at betonline.ag. Oh, do they have an online casino? Yeah, you can bet your bottom dollar. Little Annie, that they do have an online casino. Go there, play poker, play blackjack if you're feeling dangerous. Have I lost a couple dollars at the blackjack table at betonline.ag? Maybe, but does it matter? No, because I love them over at betonline.ag. So go to betonline.ag, the best place for your online bets. And guess what? Without further ado, here's the show with our awesome guest, Benjamin Albright. Ladies and gents, enjoy. All right, guys, you heard it at the top of the show. We got Benjamin Albright, host, reporter, and analyst at the Broncos flagship, KOA Colorado. And as it says in your Twitter bio, man, you had the second most accurate mock draft in the world in 2020, so we had to go check it out for ourselves. He had the Isaiah Simmons pick. That's wild. That's pretty mm-hmm. crazy. 
Where how do you how do you come up with that one? Was it just he was just falling and you, and you placed him there, or you had some inside scoop? To the Cardinals? Yeah. Um, I kind of knew who they were after. Okay. Fair, fair, fair enough, because we had done our homework. We'd done our research. And we were sitting there on the couch. We're like, all right, they're going to go one of the tackles, probably Wills, maybe Becton, and they hit Simmons. We're like, whoa, all right, shore up that defense, build it and going. Uh, Broncos have a nice defense. You cover the Broncos, of course, but there's a lot of teams out there who are doing a bit better at the moment. So to start off a bit general, man, which team would you say you've been most pleasantly surprised with so far? Um, Carolina. You know, I always knew Matt Rule was going to be a great coach, but I was surprised by how fast. Um, I guess they, they seem to be competitive and have gotten it together. Um, I think that the, they're going to be a better football team than people think, quicker than people think. I always thought that, you know, like I said, Matt Rule, year two, year three, usually turns wherever he goes around. But um, the fact that they're competitive in year one is, is certainly, um, you know, I think pleasantly surprising. It's pretty remarkable. I mean, we're both Longhorn alums. So we got to go against him uh, when he was at Baylor. And the, I thought that Baylor program was left for dead. I really thought there was no way they could bring it back. Because it's not like – have you ever been to Waco? Yeah. I don't know about you. Uh, when, I was, when I was in the military, um, I was down at Fort Hood uh, a couple of different times. So. Okay. Yeah, so you had a similar – sounds like you had a better experience than I did there. I was not a major fan of Waco, Texas, to say the least. And I was like, okay, no, who's going to want to go there? There's a new guy in. Bryless left. That program's left for dead. And he came in, and he really changed things up. It's pretty remarkable what he's done there so far in Carolina. So do you think Bridgewater's the guy going forward for them? So they're not looking at a quarterback? Because a lot of people were mocking them at a quarterback before the year started. Um, no, I don't, I don't think they're necessarily looking for a quarterback. I think they'll try to develop guys. Um, I think they'll have one in the pipe always. So they'll, they'll probably always draft one, but it might not be, you know, day one, day two. Um, I, I have a feeling that, you know, I mean, they like PJ Walker, um, and, and they like Teddy. So I think, uh, I think you'll probably see, you know, they'll, they'll draft a guy, but I don't know if it's going to be there at the top. Hmm. And what do you think? I mean, I think most people were picking the, the, the Panthers to be last in the NFC South. It's pretty clear to me, at least, that the Falcons look like they're headed that way. Um, do you think any other coaches this year are on the hot seat? I mean, we, we talk every single week on our show about Gase getting the axe. When do you think that's coming? Uh, probably at the end of the year. I mean, they're, they're pretty obviously tanking for Trevor as far as that goes. They've, they've softly put out calls on Sam Darnold. Uh, and, you know, after the season, what, what teams would be interested in um, uh, giving up if they were to move on from him, that kind of thing, putting out feelers. So uh, I think they're in it for Trevor. I think they're in it for a new coach, whether that's Brian Dable or Greg Roman. Um, you know, I don't know. Do you think that's a mistake? Because I've been saying that they're not ready for another quarterback. They have too many holes that he'll flop there too. Well, I, you know, I think Sam Darnold's a heck of a quarterback. I think wherever he goes, he's going to be fine. So I don't know that I would be so quick to move on from him. But I think if you're, uh, if you're there at the, the top of the draft, you kind of have to. You know, I mean, it's Trevor Lawrence. What are you going to do? You know, I mean, maybe you could trade him off for a boatload of picks. But, um, you know, I, I, I don't know. I think if you, the quarterback's there, you kind of have to take him. Sticking with the quarterback position, in Denver, Drew Locke's coming back this week. How tight's his leash? Because uh, they're not one tight of... at all. Okay. He's he's the guy. Like he's he's the guy. This whole season is about um, uh, this whole season is about seeing if he can be the guy for the Broncos long term, and um, you know what his uh, abilities are, and whether or not that uh, that four and one last year was a fluke or not, and if he can be the guy to take them to the to the playoffs and, and championships uh, going forward. So 
Um, he doesn't have a tight leash on him as far as that kind of stuff goes. The main thing he's got to do is prove that he's not injury prone because he's, he's kind of had two injuries two years now. Um, so he's, he's got to come out and prove that he can be the guy to get him to the playoffs and that he can stay healthy. Are you bought into him? Oh, yeah. I, I liked him before they drafted him. It was uh, when they drafted him, I was like, oh, crap, I get to cover this guy. Um, he's, he's smart. He's, you know, it, it, mentally he, he'll remind you, doesn't play anything like him, but mentally he'll remind you of Peyton Manning. He's kind of got that football OCD, um, you know, that it doesn't want to make the same mistake twice, really wants to have everybody on this exact same page, uh, with what they're doing. So, um, you know, I, I like him. I'm a big believer in him. The question is, you know, like I said, can he stay healthy? Mm-hmm. Now, if I may ask, how do you get into covering the Broncos? Um, like uh, the Broncos specifically? Yeah. Um, it's kind of weird. I grew up a Kansas City Chiefs fan, so that's you know, that was it's always uh, interesting how that works, right? Right. That was kind of interesting. Um, as far as covering the the Broncos specifically goes, I was talking with a couple of different outlets about um, jobs, and um, you know, there there were a couple of different places that were interested in hiring me, but I chose uh, uh, KOA because they were team partnered with the Broncos, and that's kind of how that how that happened. Nice, 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 nice. And now has your now we always ask uh, are the other fellow media members this. Because our our uh, fanhood has not yet swayed. Has your fanhood yet swayed from Kansas City? Or are you still underground a Chiefs guy? Um, I think I try not to be a fan of anything. If you got to cover something, you've got to be objective. So you got to kind of set that aside. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll say I'll say I celebrated Kansas City Super Bowl after they were in it and won it. Um, but uh, as far as being a fan of, of teams anymore. Um, that's, that's just kind of difficult when you, when you cover, you know, the league, I think I'm more a fan of players. Like there are some guys that I meet that, you know, that I'm like, I like your story. I like the way you are, uh, I like you as a person, that kind of thing. And so I think, um, I think as I've gone on, I've become more a fan of certain players maybe than, than teams. Now, who are some of your favorite young guys in the league? Uh, well, they're all young guys to me. I turned 40 this year. So, <laughs> Whoa, dang, um, man. yeah, I know I'm, I'm, I'm getting up there. Um, Oh man. Uh, shoot. Um, you know, I like drew. Um, I, I, the Josh Allen thing is fun to me. I, I enjoy watching that. I know everybody hated the kid, but I, I enjoy watching it. Um, uh, you know, Jerry Judy, Henry Ruggs. I like watching both those receivers. Uh, they're pretty electric. That IU kid over there in San Francisco. He was, uh, that was, that was a cold little touchdown he had a couple weeks yeah. ago. Um, you know, there's, there's just guys around the league that you, you know, you, you see make really cool plays and stuff. And you think that's fun, you know, things that you could never do yourself, you know? Um, and then there's some guys you like because of who they are, you know, like I uh, covered the Broncos guys like Justin Simmons or uh, Shelby Harris specifically, who, um, you know, you just, he's a gregarious personality. He's just a fun guy to talk to. And that, that I think makes you wish success on people. Yeah. As absolutely. far as how this, this, uh, the Broncos division, you've got, you know, you've got Justin Herbert at the helm for the Chargers. You've got the Chiefs. You've got the Raiders. We like to break down divisions a lot of the time, but, you know, before we got into the season, that there's different tiers in each division. And sometimes there's three tiers. You know, sometimes there are two tiers, like in a division like the NFC East, where you've got the Cowboys, and then you've got basically everyone else is what it looks like right now. Is there a tier system that you have going in the AFC West um, and what, what, what does that look like? Um, I, sure. I mean, I guess that tier system would be the Kansas city chiefs and then everybody else. Um, I mean, you know, Pat Mahomes is ridiculous and uh, yeah. Kansas city has been pretty dominant in that division. Uh, the Raiders took one off them, uh, you know, this past weekend, but 
Um, I don't know that that's, I don't know that what they did. It was sustainable. We'll see. They kind of laid out a new blueprint for how to defend Mahomes, and I'm kind of interested to see how many other teams kind of glom onto that. Um, previously, uh, I will say this, if you try to play zone against Mahomes, you, you're just going to get carved to pieces. But uh, if you can play man and you can keep after him, you know, I mean, it, it's it's uh, certainly possible as the Raiders showed. you got to be able to run the ball too. Uh, you got to be able to keep the ball out of Kansas City's hands for extended periods of time, let your defense rest. Um, so, yeah, I would say the tiers are Kansas City and everybody else. I, I don't think that the Raiders, uh, Chargers, or, or Broncos are appreciably better than each other. Uh, if you're stacking the teams in tier two, I would say the Raiders are slightly better, but uh, they don't have much defense. So, Yeah, they, they don't. But I, Gruden seems to, with Farrell, Arnett, he just goes in the draft and gets his – I mean, talk about shocking picks. He goes in the draft and kind of gets his guys. And I think – I, I'm not a big – are you a car guy? Because I'm not – I wasn't a big believer, but he's starting to turn me a little bit. More so, I like him than Carson Wentz, per se. I think I think the thing with Carr is he's a testament to continuity. You know, the longer you stay in a system and the more you get familiar with it and comfortable with it, the better you are to execute it. Um, because I wouldn't say that Carr is an elite quarterback by any stretch, but he kind of has a mastery of that offense. Um, and that's, I think that's boded well for him. You go back and you look at guys who've had multiple offensive coordinators and been in multiple systems over multiple years, and they tend to struggle. And a guy like Carr, who's now been in the same system set up for you know two, three years, uh, you, you can develop a, a comfort level. You can develop a, you know, a chemistry and uh, you understand everything and it just becomes second nature to you and it makes it a lot easier. So I don't know that I would say that Carr is a great quarterback, but as long as he's in that system, he looks like he's going to be a good player. Yeah, to me, it looks like Ruggs is a, a big game changer in kind of his approach to how he quarterbacks, and he's always able to, to dink and dunk to Waller across the middle, but Ruggs is burning every single DB I've seen him up against, and if he's healthy, I mean, we'll see Carr stretch the field a little bit more, and maybe he'll sway your opinion, Josh. I don't know. He's swaying I, mine. He's started to sway my opinion. I think I, 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 just, I, I would put him ahead of Carson Wentz. I'm out on him. Am hmm. I crazy, Ben, in being out on Carson Wentz? Um... Well, I would say that Carson's got some some issues, but I would say that he's got some some talent issues too. I mean, you look around and that offensive line is decimated. Yeah. Uh, his best wide receiver right now is Greg Ward, a converted quarterback from Houston who was wide receiver six or seven, I think, last year. Um, and and that's the that's a starter. The rest of those guys you'd never even heard of. Uh, it's it's you know I, I think it's it's some on Carson Wentz and some on the fact that he just doesn't have the talent around him to be able to uh, to play effectively right now in the NFL. Number one thing you have, everybody talks about having the quarterback, but you also have to have the line to protect that quarterback. And uh, if you don't have that, it doesn't matter how good the quarterback is, you're, you're going to be in a world of hurt. No, absolutely. It's, it's got to be that. I mean, you see the Raiders, how they've invested so much in the offensive line, and then they could go get a guy like Jacobs. You see how, how many offensive tackles won the first 15 picks this year. There's a guy that someone could kind of – even Austin Jackson, who probably wasn't a top-20 talent in the NFL draft, the Dolphins had to go swing up and get him because otherwise Tua's going to be going for his life. It's just such a it's so I mean the Cowboys did it for years. It's just so important. Yep. Trades. Trade deadline's coming up. We've seen it more and more in the NFL. I feel like the trade deadline used to just come and go fart in the wind type deal, but now people are actually making moves. Any big rumblings you're hearing? Any big players that could be on the move? Well, uh the two two obvious names are, are getting released, you know, today, and that's Correa and, and Levy and Bell. Um, and there are teams that are interested in them. They just didn't want to pay his current contract here or give up a draft pick for him. Um, AJ Green could be on the move. Um, mm -hmm. You know, I mean, I think it's kind of drawing to a conclusion there in Cincy, and he looks kind of checked out there anyway. Um, 
trying to think of who else. The uh, Jets have put out soft feelers on Darnold, but I can't see any way they would trade him in the season. I think they'd have to acquire their next quarterback before they moved him. Kind of what could the they get from him? Uh, I think you get a mid-round pick or a couple of twos, you know, a two and a, two and a four, and that four could become something if um, uh, if he plays well, mm-hmm. uh, you know, kind of thing. Um, I'm trying to think of who else. Seems like I had a name or two on the – What about, like, what about guys like – Obviously, I think people are the, – there's a lot. There's too much smoke with the Michael Thomas thing. I don't think he's going anywhere, obviously. But a guy like J.J. Watt, where the Texans are 1-4, a guy like Julio Jones is a bit banged up and the Falcons are 0-5, can we see these former stars or stars when they are on the field, can we see them on the move? Um, some of them. The problem with, with some of these is, again, the, the money that they have tied up in them would accelerate. I'm not sure that – uh, teams have the, the, the space to, to do those kinds of salary cap moves. J.J. Watt, I mean, you know, you're looking at a Texans team that needs a whole defensive rebuild. So it's it's going to be, um, you know, yeah, moving Watt for picks would be great, but I don't, I don't know how feasible that is at this point. Uh, there would be some interest around the league, probably not enough interest consummate to what you think you'd get for a name like that. But, um, you know, I uh, with Julio, I mean, he's been a bit disgruntled for a while, but it's still the salary doesn't work uh, to be able to move him. Uh, you certainly can't move Matt Ryan. Um, yeah, I, I, you know, it's off the top of my head, I'm 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 not I'm, I'm drawing a blank right now, but um, you know, AJ Green I think is the biggest name. Yeah, I saw a video of him, and who knows if this is actually what he said, but he was the like lip read the lip read that was like trade, like he said trade basically um, in the lip read, and who knows if that's true or not. But he did look pretty checked out. But it's it's tough not to check out when the Ravens are beating you twenty seven nothing. Um, you, you mentioned Le'Veon Bell. What do you think with everything that's happened with Melvin Gordon? Are there are there murmurs that you know the Broncos may be interested in him? If it's not them, who do you think will be interested in him? I don't think it'll be Denver. Even with the Melvin Gordon situation, you're talking about a three game suspension that probably won't even happen until the end of the season. Um, so I, I don't think that Levy and Bell really is, is. And plus, they're paying the money to Gordon anyway. So right. I mean, you just yeah. you just be doubling up. I don't think that that's very smart. Uh, as far as Le'Veon goes, I think it's going to be the Bears, but there there are some other teams out there: Ravens, Eagles, Dolphins, uh, that are all all sniffing around. Um, I know the Eagles kind of denied that, but they've been sniffing every running back that's available. So that's it's just weird to deny. Um, uh, there's a couple of the teams that out there. You know, yeah, I don't think that the I don't think the Niners are really in play, but you know, you never know, and everybody everybody always counts out the Patriots. Never, never count them out. You never know. They could just swoop in there and add another, another talent. Yeah. They could be, I feel like they could be low key in the play for AJ green, but I think the bears and Le'Veon is like the perfect marriage. I don't, I'm not anti Montgomery. It's, you just can't have Cordero Patterson as your number two running back. That just doesn't seem feasible or like a winning mold to me. Do you, do you are you bought into them? Can they contend against the Packers or, or is Rogers too on a mission? I don't think they've got the quarterback to be able to really contend. The defense will carry them as far as it'll go. It might even carry them to the playoffs, but um, it, they're not really – they're not a serious contender. Nick Foles and, and Mitch Trubisky aren't any good. And, and, and you know, I mean, I, I know Foles was there for that little Super Bowl run, and that was a fun story. But the reality was anytime you've, you've had any extended play with Nick Foles, he's never been good. So, um, you know, I, I, I just don't see it in this particular situation. Lev Bell would be a great addition there. I'd give him something, but I, yeah, I still, you know, Allen Robinson's wasting his career up there. Yeah, he's, yeah, he's uh, wicked talented. talented. Yeah. yeah. Totally no, it's is. like I watch I watch Nick Foles, and it's just in that Thursday night game against Tampa Bay, and it's undeniably he's just making some terrible throws. Yes, he, he drops one in, but even the one that he dropped in for that crucial third down was still just a rainbow, and it looked like it kind of got lucky. 
Um, but yeah, I'm not, I, I think the, the Montgomery Lev Bell pairing would work really well, especially how Lev Bell catches balls out of the backfield. Yeah, it's not Montgomery strong suit, but they still somehow beat the Bucks, man. They they figured it out on defense and got it done. You had the Vikings to win the North, though. Is that correct? Am I am I remembering? Uh, I think so. There's one or two I whipped on there in the NFC that looked really bad. I think I had Atlanta and, and Vikings way higher than I should have. Hey, um, man, it, it, I said Virginia a couple years ago would win March Madness, and they got knocked down the first round. So <laughs> don't. <laughs> it could be it could be a lot worse in this show, brother. Don't worry. Uh, would you say Minnesota is then your most disappointing team? Probably Minnesota Atlanta. Probably um, the players fought really hard for uh, for Dan Quinn for Arthur Blank to keep Dan Quinn last year. Said they'd go out and win football games for him, and they won a few to end the season. But then to start off like the way that they did, especially with the two implosions, um, was just rough. I, I don't think that uh, that any of these coaches that are on the staff are going to be back. I suspect that they're going to go with Todd Bowles as the leading candidate there. But they're you know everybody else likes to talk about other names. Um, but I, right now, I think they're going to go with somebody to, to fix that defense because they've got the offense pre-built. I think they're going to go with another defensive guy, and I think it's going to be Bowles. You think Bowles you – think, you think outside of New York is better for Bowles? Can he succeed in Atlanta? Yeah. yeah. And, and, and you got to pair him with a competent OC. That, that's, that's really the thing. You can't let him hire his buddy to be an OC. you got to, you got to find a real offensive coordinator to go with him. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that defense, I just for the long – even when they went to the Super Bowl, that defense was not up to snuff. They can never, and it's, and that's Dan Quinn's downfall. I mean, he's there to shore up the defense and let the defense ride. So I mean, that's his yeah. number one job. So I mean, that's gonna, it's gonna cost you your job. You think Zimmer's safe, or is is he on the hot seat as well? Can he get tossed? Um, I think it's warm. I, I think he's he's mostly safe, but I you know because of that extension. But I think that seat's warm. I think they understood that this was kind of kind of be a reload year for that defense. Their secondary's bad. Uh, and then they were going to have some issues with, you know, trying to reload all that. Mm -hmm. uh, the Kirk Cousins thing hasn't really worked out the way they thought it was going to. And, of course, they moved on from Diggs. And so it's just um, – it looks like they got something in Jefferson, but, you know, we'll see. It's just going to be tough, uh, we, you know, with that lack of lack of secondary, and, and you're going to have to outshoot people sometimes, and Kirk Cousins just isn't the quarterback for that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, especially if you're dealing with, with Cook injured. I mean, Mad Madison's a, a great backup, but how long can he uh, can he produce like Cook? Yeah, it's always. Right. I mean, that was like my thing with fantasy. I just couldn't bring myself. I couldn't bring myself to take Dalvin Cook. He's always going to be. And you have to win these weeks. Are you? Are you into fantasy? Do you participate still? Um, I play a little. I play. Yeah, I play a little bit of fantasy football. It's kind of tough for me because you know you get the kind of the scout mentality, I guess, and you start seeing guys, and you're like, oh, that guy's going to be something, you know, in a couple of years, and so you put him on your roster, and it's like you know, single year DFS, and your guy's not going to be any good for three or four years, and right, you know, I kind of, I kind of do that stuff, so. You're getting um, yeah, you're getting excited about a guy who like you'd only really want in dynasty, right? You'd only really right, want him three right. years down the way. Yeah, yeah. Right. So, but but you know, this year um, I kind of got lucky with my draft and you know and, and everything. So I'm actually in first in the uh, the iHeart Media League. Oh, um, there you because, go. Uh, yeah, I, I got lucky and I got Russ Wilson in like the third round or something, and so it was just yeah, so I'm just torching people with him. So yeah, yeah. one of my leagues, I'm I'm sitting there with with Lamar and it's like, not that he's been bad this year, but he hasn't been Lamar of last year. Should have known that it's pretty hard to replicate basically something that can't be replicated. Um, <laughs> but yeah, Russ has been, he's been torching it. Um, what do you think about, do you think the NFC West is the best division in football? I feel like come the, the first two games, first two weeks through the season, everyone was just riding so high on the NFC West. And then we've seen the Cardinals kind of, even out a little bit and obviously the 49ers had their injury woes 
is there a best a division in football? Does it not really matter? <laughs> what do you, what do you think? Um, yeah, I don't think it, it super matters. I, I would say the NFC South has an argument, um, with the, with the saints and with the, the Panthers and the Falcons and the, the bucks. I, I think that division is, is fairly good. Even the Falcons without the wins, it's not like they've played terrible football. The offense has at least been compelling most of their games. Um, I think the, uh, AFC North has, a uh, has a, a hand up. Browns are playing really well. Of course, we talked about the Ravens a minute ago, the Steelers, um, and, and even the Bengals have, you know, have played pseudo competitively, despite the fact yeah. that they have a, an offensive line that, uh, that I wouldn't field for a high school team, but, um, it's, you know, overall, I think those are probably the three divisions. Yeah. That has to be one of the worst offensive line. And I feel like they've invested so much. I feel like I've seen them go multiple first round picks in the last five years. They've gone, they've gone second round picks. They took a kid out of Oregon Fisher. They took the center and it's like, they just like whiff every time. It's unbelievable comparatively to Pittsburgh, how the Pittsburgh Steelers can draft the Bengals. Yeah. And well, part of that was the Steelers coaching them up too. I mean, you had Mike Munchak there who had a hand on that. He's now with Denver. Uh, but you know, I mean, it's, it's, it's more than just drafting a guy. You got to, you got to coach him up too. And they, some of them get hurt. Uh, they had the, the one guy get hurt last year. And it's just, it's just bad to watch though. Cause you watch right now and you know, Joe Burrow, I think he's got the sixth fastest uh, release in the NFL in terms of snap to snap to throw. Uh, and he's still getting murdered back there, which, which is saying something. So, Right. Um, yeah, I, I, it's, I mean, to the point where Bengals fans are saying, Hey, maybe we should pack Burrow in until we can get a line to protect him, you know? Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's such a, yeah, it's such an important investment. I love watching him though. Well, he's, yeah, he's great. He's so competitive. And I think yeah. he's got uh, he's got the winner's mentality. Clearly. What do you think about just all the injuries that have happened? Mm-hmm. What do you attribute this to, or is there anything that you've heard from any of the players that they're aggravated by because, so many guys are getting injured. It feels like more so than normal, although this is something that's a part of football. Um, it's, it's about the same as normal. The injury rate isn't that much different. It's just, you know, every year we say the same thing, all the, all the injuries cause some new star player gets hurt. Right. Um, it's unfortunate. I think part of it might have something to do with the, the quick ramp up. Um, I, I think that may have played into it, but we, we talk about it. It seems like it's a lot of that's happening in season, but the reality is, is these are the first, four games and these would all be preseason games and in the other season. Uh, and we would have seen plenty of injuries throughout preseason as well. So, um, you know, I, I think the players are cognizant of it. They're trying to, to keep their eye on it. But the reality is I don't think that, uh, that it's that much different than normal. Yeah. I just, you know, that one week everyone went down like Bosa, Saquon. It's like that week two was like just detrimental to everyone's team. Yeah. Yeah. It's the I think it's when it's Iron Man, like, Christian McCaffrey than everyone. Yeah, it was like tweaking out. Yeah, right, right, right. Well, that's and you know that was that was, yeah, ruined my fantasy team there too because that was my running back. But (laughs) hey, go pick um, up Mike Davis, you'd be okay. Yeah. Well, I yeah I did I did, but it's it's you know I mean it's um um there are some soft tissue injuries and and that does have to do with the ramp up, but I think the rate overall is about what you would expect. Nice. Good, yeah. to, good to know. Uh, we'll go back to Denver for just a little bit. We touched on Locke. Vic Fangio, fan of him. Where do you see him in the next three years with this team? I, I am. I, I think I think he's – I mean, from the media side of the house, I'll say that 
certainly fun to cover him. He's, you know, I mean, uh, I used, I quit going to press conferences when, when Vance Joseph was head coach because it just wasn't anything to get out of him. He would just say the same things and it was coach speak nonsense. You know, I mean, every answer you ask how something's going, you ask about a player, Oh, he's tall. Um, or, you know, you ask, uh, yeah, we had a great week of practice. So that, that doesn't tell me anything. I mean, why am I even here? So Vickle, Vickle shoots you straight. And I certainly enjoy that. I think that sometimes his words get a little misconstrued. Um, you know, it was a little Puffle in the preseason when he uh, made a comment uh, about race in the NFL, and he was trying to say that what he was talking about was like the depth chart. And he's like, I, I don't see any racism on the depth chart. Guys come out here and earn it. It doesn't matter what their skin color is. They make plays. They they earn the job. You know, but that got misconstrued in the climate. And then he got uh, the COVID comments got a little misconstrued as well because he was um, uh, he was trying to say that there are bigger things to worry about than the schedule being changed but the way that it was construed made it sound like there are bigger things to worry about than COVID, COVID. which is not what he was saying. Right. Right. And so, so like he's getting lambasted in all these shows for the way he's saying stuff. And, and it was, that wasn't really it. So I, I think he needs to be um, it's refreshing to have a guy that's that raw and honest with you. But at the same time, I think if you're not paying attention, you might not understand what he's saying and, and misconstrue it. Yeah. 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 I feel like everyone is always, it's just, there's the scrutiny is so high for every single head coach, mm-hmm. whether they be in the professional leagues or in college. Um, it doesn't even matter what sport they're playing, honestly. So you just, everyone has to watch what they're saying. You have to like, be good on the mic at this yeah. point. That, that is yeah, part, it's part of, of the right. job. It's part of the job. Part of being a head coach. A couple more questions for you, Ben. Super Bowl. Okay. Who you got? Who are your two teams you think are going to make it? And maybe two sleeper teams for us. Well, at the beginning of the season, the, um, the, the teams that I had um, in the championship games were Buffalo and KC on the AFC side and New Orleans and Seattle on the NFC side. Uh, I'm going to stick with those as the teams that make it to the championships, even oh, wow. though uh, New Orleans is, uh, has been a little skeptical uh, at times. Um, as far as teams that I think it may, I think Pittsburgh, I think Cleveland's going to be right there. I, they're struggling in their secondary right now. If they get people back, they should be a little bit better. Um, I think they could be a, a you know a sleep air quote sleeper team. Colts, uh, if they ever get it together, uh, it could be a bit of a bit of a sleeper team. Um, they, they is yeah. I mean, I would say if, if Phil Phil gets it together, um, but well, that's really what I mean by yeah. they is Phil <laughs> I love I um, love Flip Rivers, but come on, man, he's got to be better than that. He just has. I've to seen be. him up. I've seen him up close and personal for years. I can tell you, he's he's live by die by. He's that guy that'll make some great throws and, and all this kind of stuff. That'll make some boneheaded moves, and you're just wondering what he's doing. Right. Um, and that's that's the Phil Rivers saga. I mean, he's gonna be in the Hall of Fame, but yeah, it's you know, it's it's just it's interesting to watch. I mean, there was a couple of years ago when Case Keaton was a Broncos quarterback, and all Phil Rivers had to do was take a knee, um, and it would have uh, it would have run the clock down, uh, and then they they could have uh, they could have gone on instead. He chucked the ball at Travis Benjamin's feet, dead in the clock. Then they had to punt. They had the two-minute warning, and it gave the Broncos time for Case Keenan to drive down and get him a field goal in the win. So it's just, you know, it's just things like that with Phil Rivers. It just always right. happens like that. But yeah. you, so you're sticking with the NFC Championship pick of the Saints. You don't think what people are saying about Drew and his his throwing power and the age getting to him. You don't think that's a real issue in getting them to that game, whether it be true or not. Well, Oh, I absolutely think it's an issue. And I, I, it reminds me of Peyton Manning when the wheels fell off. Yeah. yeah that, was, that was the pick I made, so I'm sticking with it. Fair nice. enough. Nice. Uh, I mean, he did – look, He there was parts in that game two nights – was it last night? Two nights ago yeah. where he did look short on a lot of throws, especially from the opposite hash to the outside. But he did hit Jared Cook when it mattered. 
deep down the field. So if he can get it done, he can get it done. But Dude. yeah, it's definitely something I've been watching, kind of like a hawk. And he he seems to be he has a little bit less gas. Yeah, the the tank yeah, is a lot I think more empty than the people thought. Yeah, I think the two things they need to do are quit quit doing the merry-go-round with Taysom Hill. Like pick a pick a drive to roll with Taysom Hill. Quit doing the quit doing the merry-go-round. Like you take guys out of rhythm. And then the other thing that they're going to have to do is uh, uh, start running some max protect. You know, they're going to have to find ways to protect him a little more so he can stay uh, get his feet planted and, and make the throws he needs to throw. Because when he gets off kilter, that's when those those weak little ducks come out, and right. nobody wants to see that. So well, they took that tight end. I'm blanking on the name. The third round this year towards the back end, the guy wanted the pass to take. They took him. So bring him in. You know, let, let Cook be your primary receiving tight end. And I completely agree with you. Look, Taysom Hill is fun, and he's a good little X factor. But they brought him in at one point very late in the game in a very important drive on second down. And I'm like, look, you got to let your guy ride. This, is, this isn't Justin Herbert. This is Drew Brees. You know yeah. what I'm saying? If, the, if, you, if you're not going to let him stay out there and get you the W, then I don't know who the hell in the world you can let stay out there. But I think they'll kind of get back into rhythm with Michael Thomas. So much of the offense revolves around him. Uh, he's such a fantastic player. Yeah, I mean, if you give the ball to Alvin Kamara eight times, five, yeah. four of the times he's going to beat three different defenders and take it to the house, I guess it's ridiculous. Mm -hmm. All right, Ben, we ask everybody the same question, all our guests. Your favorite sports memory can be from you playing, watching, anything in the world. Um, oof, man. Um, I got a few of them. Uh, I was there for uh, Atwater Okoye, so that was that was what made me fall in love with football. Um, nice. I was at the game where uh, uh, Derek Thomas set the game sack record, and then Dave Craig came back and beat him with four seconds anyway. The Seahawks beat the Chiefs four seconds anyway. That was a fun game. I mean, sucked the way it I've got the Broncos calling me. Sorry. Um, You're good. I, I'll get right back to him in a second. Um, I – can we pause this and or no? No, dude. Yeah, <laughs> yeah do your yeah, thing. Yeah, you come course. come back and join. Go do your thing, man. We'll vamp. Ben's on a call with the Broncos guys, uh, so it's just Toss and I, right now. When the when the bat phone rings, you gotta answer. When the bat when the bat signals up, you kind of gotta let it ride. Yeah. When the bron when the when the Broncos when the Bronco <laughs> rides in the sunset, it's a very interesting team to cover. Very much so. Yeah, especially I mean. It's good to hear that, you know, there aren't as many injuries from his perspective. Okay, sorry about that. Sorry about that. I'm back. Isaiah Irving's getting signed to the Cardinals' uh, active roster, so. Isaiah Irving. Oh. There you go. Breaking news. Bre there <laughs> breaking we go. News. Love it. Love, love a good breaking news session. Yeah. Um, and, so, yeah. There you go. I just shoot it on out. Uh, now, yeah, you're saying your favorite sports memory. You had a couple of them. Uh, when I played, um, I was, I did not want to tackle anybody. I wanted to run away from people. Mm -hmm. Uh, and so I think my favorite memory there is they stuck me out at corner because this guy couldn't, the guy we had couldn't cover. Uh, and so they threw me out there at corner to stay with this guy. And I'm like, coach, this is a bad idea. Uh, this is, this is terrible. They're going to, they're going to see that I'm out there and they're going to, they're going to run to my side. And they did. They ran toss sweep to my side and the running back put a cleat in my chest and went 80 yards to the house. So, um, you know, is what it is. Nice. <laughs> when when so, uh, character when was that? Was that high? That was high school. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. That's, that's that's brutal. Brutal. Cleat to the chest. That's no fun, right there. Yeah. Right. Yeah. He just. He just and and to be fair, I mean that, that running back went on to play pro football. It was Cedric Cobbs, but um, oh. yeah, it was it was not uh, you know it was not pleasant for me. So. You gotta lead. You gotta lead the story with that. 
right? Did Cedric Cobbs put a cleat in my chest. That you never really had a chance any like from from the onset. <laughs> yeah, it was right. Like you were fighting right. a downhill yeah. battle. <laughs> yeah, there yeah. was there was never a minute where I was even in that fight. So right. Yeah, you were toast from the jump, man. Well, Ben, thank you so much for joining us, man. Love talking football with you. Uh, anything you want to plug, share with the audience out there where that where they can catch you? Um, you can unfollow me on Twitter at Albright NFL. It's a dumpster fire. I wouldn't follow me. Uh, <laughs> I actually kind of I kind of dig your Twitter, man. I thought it was cool. Yeah, <laughs> it's uh, it's it's something. You're you're the one. <laughs> I'm the <laughs> one of the ninety seven thousand followers you got. That's, that's yeah, loyal. the rest of the rest of them are all hate following me. So sorry about the picture there. I'm trying to like fix things as I go. So hey, you're good, man. OJ Simpson once said, "Any press is good press." So I'm sticking by that. Right, right, right. So there you go. Lord, I got everything going wrong with my phone right now. Okay, there we go. Sorry, I'm about to tweet this Isaiah Irving news. So cool. Go check him out on Twitter, guys. Ben Albright, Ben, thank you so much, man. Episode dropping tomorrow. We'll catch you. Talk some more football soon. Thanks, Ben. All right, man. Mm-hmm. Take care. Super fun. Wicked cool that he got a call from the Broncos in the middle and sent out a live tweet. That hasn't happened before. Always always fun, new, surprising things happening on uh, the Charity Stripe podcast. Uh, ben, thank you for joining us. Awesome show. Always great uh, to talk NFL talk some shop with someone so knowledgeable fans out there drag both feet and bounce we're gonna full counter with that puck hit that putt at your pks because they free your free throws why guys because they're free we out you we love you we sitting here i'm supposed to be the franchise player and we in here talking about practice Clock at five. Pass is intercepted at the goal line by Malcolm Butler. Rebound box. Back out to Allen. History title. Tie game. Gives it to Jenkins for the championship. He's going for the corner. He's got it. Bases loaded. Two out. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.